As we continue our miniature sermon series on the Gospel of Mark chapter 6, insights about who Jesus is. We're also in the middle of this series on portable Christianity that lasts the whole summer long. The question of where do you take your faith and where does your faith take you? It's an important question and an important thing for us to spend time on as a church because when we talk about the truth of Jesus Christ, we come face to face with the reality of who human beings are. And today I'd like to talk about the truth that human beings are created with a need for God. Now this need for God that we all have is not something that we all recognize immediately when we're born into this world. It's not something that we all willfully acknowledge. In fact, if you go walk down the street right now and you ask people if they needed God, almost all of them likely would say no. Or if they had a relationship with God, they might even say, well, I'm glad I have God in my life, but I think I could make it without him. As human beings born in our sinfulness, in our selfishness, as we are consumed with needing to find purpose and meaning in, li- in our lives, we quickly forget about the need we have for God. In fact, we might not even know we have it unless someone points it out to us. And that is exactly what Jesus Christ did in coming into the world 2,000 years ago. So last week, as we spent time in the beginning of Mark chapter 6, we heard about how Jesus is Lord. We heard about how when he stepped into the synagogue and shared his message of authority and care for the world as the Messiah, people rejected him. They refused to believe in him. They asked the question, who does he think that he is? But Jesus didn't give up on that message. In fact, he sent his disciples out again and again and again to share the good news of the reconciling work of the Messiah in that village and the surrounding villages in that area. And so today, as we turn to the next section in Mark chapter 6, we hear about how Jesus is the one, the only one that can bring us into a right relationship with God. As we go through life in this broken state, as we struggle to find meaning and purpose, we try to accumulate possessions, we're on a quest to find what the true purpose of our life is. And if we listen to the world and all the competing voices that tell us what we need to do and where we need to go, we're ultimately led back to ourselves. We're faced with the question, what's going to make you the most happy? What's going to allow you to live the most comfortable life? What's going to give you the most time with your family? We're led back to a place where we put ourselves as the ultimate authority in our lives. We put ourselves as the top priority in our lives. And that's a dangerous message for us to be hearing all the time. And that's why we come together at times like these to to worship with one another and to hear God's word. Because it's different than the message that the world tells us. And the only reason we have God's word is because he sent it to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, even in the world that we live in now, most people know what a church is. They've at least heard the name Jesus before, but there might not be a large public knowledge of who Jesus is and what his message was. So if you were to go ask the people on the street again, who do you think Jesus is? They might tell you, well, wasn't he a good teacher that lived a few thousand years ago? Wasn't he someone that helped lead us toward happiness in life? Oh, I'm glad that the people that need Jesus have him, but that's not really a concern for me. All of these different answers as to who Jesus is, give us a picture of how it might have been at the time of Jesus' ministry in first century Palestine. As Jesus' reputation was getting around, Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because people everywhere were talking about him. 
Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist come back to life again. That's why he can do such miracles. You see, Jesus was performing miracles, healing the sick, and he was uh, performing signs in the world. And even with those miracles taking place, people didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They thought he must be somebody else. So why does Herod think it might be John the Baptist brought back to life? Well, if you were to read through this whole, ch- whole part of the chapter in Mark 6, you would hear how Herod put John the Baptist to death because of the message of God's truth he was preaching at the time. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of uh, politics and drama that go into this part of the story. But let me fill in some of the essential gaps for you. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, who was sent into the wilderness to preach the truth of Jesus coming into the world. And he was telling the people that would come out to hear his message, Jesus is coming. Repent of your old ways. Turn back to God. Believe in him because when the Messiah is here, that's your chance to connect with God in a personal and real way. Now the truth when spoken unashamed, with, without shame, the truth when spoken in confidence and in consistency oftentimes is not received very well. For John the Baptist, the church leaders at the time really disagreed with his message. They didn't want him to be influencing the people. And yet the people whose hearts were hungry for the truth would come out and hear John the Baptist speak on the banks of the Jordan River, preparing the way for Jesus. He was a powerful prophet. And in fact, the last prophet before the Messiah came. That's why he had such a strong reputation. And so when Jesus is going about giving his ministry, sharing his message, performing miracles, people thought maybe that's John the Baptist brought back from the dead. They also thought Jesus was an ancient prophet, Elijah. And still others thought he was a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. For the people of ancient Israel, Prophets were the connection to God. Prophets were the representative of God's voice to the people, and they would lay the people's concerns before God as well. The prophets were the go-between. And as Jesus performed his ministry, as he shared his message of the truth that only he could bring people back to God, they recognized that same role Jesus was playing in being the go-between of God and man. It was easy to confuse him for one of these ancient prophets, but that doesn't give you the whole picture of who Jesus is. If we think about Jesus last week, the lesson Jesus is Lord, we know that he is an authority over, he's king over our lives. And this week we get a picture of Jesus as the prophet. He is the one who connects us to God, the only one that can connect people to God. And we wouldn't know anything about God if Jesus had not come into the world and given us his message. God exists so far beyond our sinful nature, so far beyond our sinful state. Our human minds consumed with the need for purpose, for direction, for meaning, looking for value everywhere we are, thinking that when we put ourselves in charge of our life, we can figure it all out. There's no way for us to grasp the message of God unless he were to step into our lives, introduce himself, and make himself known. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did. He is the one. He is the only one that can bring us into a right relationship with God the Father. He's the only one that can reveal to us the need we have for God in life and also lead us to the God that we need to worship and glorify. He's the only one. 
Now, the good news about Jesus is that even when we fail in life, even when we chase after all these different things that might give us temporary happiness or might give us uh, somewhat of a, of a piece together relationship with family members or might give us some motivation to achieve a lot with our career, Jesus sticks around in our life. He is the only one that can lead us to the Father and he's the only one that can heal us in the midst of our brokenness. Because when we chase after all those different things, we're ultimately going to be led back to a place of questions and meaninglessness. But even there, in that difficult position, Jesus Christ steps into our lives. He steps down next to us and says, this is how you get to know God. This is what you're meant for. And so as you hear that message of Jesus being the one, know that yes, he's the one that brings you to God. And that can be both an uplifting and forgiving thing. He redeems us out of our selfish nature. He redeems us out of our selfish state and brings us to a place where we can know God fully. Last week, we talked about Jesus is Lord. This week, we're talking about how Jesus is the one. Let that be your comfort and your motivation as you go about your week. Amen.